everyone. This is Classic Elder Scrolls, brought to you by the Quest Gaming Network, available for download on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and QuestGamingNetwork.com. Today's record date is Sundas, the 9th of Last Seed. And I am your host and fellow Tamrielic Traveler, Ivarwin. And uh, I've realized that uh, I'm probably going to be, um, probably going to be breaking the stream if I tab out of the game. Holy crap! <laughs> Technical issues. Um, I have to get used to this this sort of thing. Uh, we're streaming, we're streaming live on on our YouTube live page. It's uh, YouTube.com/slash/QuestGamingNetwork/slash/live. Uh, you may want to you may want to uh, put that in your bookmarks on your web browser because we'll probably be here migrating here from Twitch. In any event, um, Mike and Mark, apparently I'm going to need your help a little bit more in, in this particular episode than normal. Okay. <laughs> Not a problem. Um, and uh, we've got we've got the one and only the uh, Tamrielic historian himself, Mark, uh, Mike. <laughs> 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 oh, it's gonna be one of those episodes. Isn't it it? Is. <laughs> this is what happens when a Varwin goes to bed after four in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mike, how you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, I got way more sleep than you did, obviously, mm. uh, and probably a couple more cups of coffee than you. It sounds like. Yeah, I'm still on my first. But I did start watching the Venture Brothers early this morning, so it could be a strange morning. <laughs> Oh, I found a crumbling mine. Um, and of course, the uh, the the last of his kind, the Sonarist, Mark. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a fun stream. I'm looking forward to this one. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Mark? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, good weekend so far. Um, it's not too uh, too hot out, so that's always a plus. And uh, planning on heading to the CNE this week. Uh, Canadian National Exhibition, so I have to go take the wife uh, to get a what is it a deep fried red chocolate red velvet chocolate Oreo. Oh wow, that sounds that sounds amazing. So uh, that'll be interesting. Sounds really good. I like deep fried Oreos too. <laughs> well, come on down. Hey, uh, I think it's the other direction. Uh, Canada's up from come us. Come on up. Come on up. <laughs> get your deep fried Oreo here, eh? <laughs> You guys are okay with uh, sub-freezing temperatures, though, right? I mean, the deep-fried Oreo, it, it helps with that, but, you know, not by much. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that when you're talking about deep-fried Oreos, I'll probably put up with um, deep-freezing Siberian temperatures. Mm. I'll be okay it's with not that. that cold on his side of the lake. I'm just saying, like, I, I'd go to <laughs> Siberia. Not in September, at least. <laughs> well, um... Yeah, so so there we are. Uh, <laughs> like I was saying, um, Mike and Mark, I literally have zero access to to the notes. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I I've got no access to the notes right now. I'm gonna have, we're gonna have to like I'm gonna have to like <laughs> find a way to <laughs> to do this. Mike, you you do realize that means we're in total control of this right now. Yeah, pretty much. We can do whatever we want, and he can't stop us. Yeah, no, it's a it's a train. It's it's just barreling out of control today. 
Um, but I, I am aware that we have reached the point of the show where uh, where Mike gives us his two moons horoscope. Yes. Today, last seed, the 23rd, Joan, master, is a waxing gibbous, only half open, while Joan, secunda, is all but wide awake. Today is the last of the Cathay will births for months. The jaguar people give away their spots to the plain coats of the Cathay Cathay. So rejoice in your uniqueness today, for tomorrow we should conform to the needs of the family. Oh. So, so basically, what Mike is saying is uh, play Lotto. No, I, I think today is, you know, be yourself. Oh. Not play Lotto? <laughs> I like the Barwin's reading better. Yeah. <laughs> You're about to come into some money. We'll get to that one sometime in the future, yes. <laughs> so today we also have sponsorship, right? Yeah, we are, we are of course, uh, sponsored by by uh, some some uh, some great some great sponsors. How about that? No, <laughs> these uh, <laughs> yeah you hear them, you hear us talk about them on on every show, of course. Uh, tweaked Audio, tweakedaudio.com is the website. Okay, you're gonna make sure uh, if you're looking for some brand new headphones, we highly recommend Tweaked Audio. Uh, their headphones are extremely durable. They're uh, very high quality. The sound output is is fantastic, and. Um, I guess like the the best thing about them is is the fact that they are so they are so durable. You know, for a twenty dollar price point, and I'm lost. Where's Coral? I don't know. But for <laughs> uh, for a twenty dollar price point, you have to tab out to find your map. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, there we go. Back on track. Um, I mean, you're getting you're getting a uh, you know you're getting a product that's a you know extremely durable. It's going to last. Um, throughout all different kinds of, you know, workouts that you may do or just, you know, the, the hustle and bustle of, of daily life. Um, so you definitely get your money's worth. And if that were not enough, they also offer a uh, lifetime warranty and free shipping worldwide. Uh, but you need our code, though. Uh, off the record is our code in order to unlock 30% off your order plus free worldwide shipping and their lifetime customer guarantee. So there's, so there's that. So if you're looking for a new uh, headphones, guys, try out Tweaked Audio. TweakedAudio.com. And, of course, uh, Audible. A-U-D-I-B-L-E. Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash Quest Gaming Network. That's the link you're going to need. In order to download your free audiobook today, there's uh, hundreds of thousands of audiobooks. They sound like audio dramas. And uh, with your brand new Tweaked Audio headphones, once you download... An audiobook today, and as Liz likes to say, uh, you can get textbooks available there. And you know, hey, why don't you uh, why don't you play a game and listen to your next textbook lesson? Right, that's a thing. I, I would never do that though, but you know, sometimes she likes saying that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, AudibleTrial.com/slash/QuestGamingNetwork, and of course, Tweaked Audio. Thank you for your sponsorship today. We have one more sponsor today: Northern Goods and Trade. Only the finest wares to buy and barter at Northern Goods and Trade. There's always something I need at this place. Visit Seed Nassis, a refined Argonian lady in Coral, for items of the finest quality and refinement. Perhaps we'll we'll visit her today. Yeah. Hey, cool, they're sheep. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, what, uh... <sighs> 
been a while since we I guess we've all spoken together. I mean, what um what have you guys been up to? What uh, what have you been playing lately? Start with uh Well, do first you want to tell the good folks where they can uh, catch us and follow us at? Yeah, I guess. Uh I, might as well. Might as well try. might as well do that. Yeah. So Uh should we give out uh, should I just give out the uh the Quest Gaming or the the YouTube um you can tell that we're really organized. Oh, yeah, we're morning. doing great today, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> should I just give the YouTube uh, address instead Yeah, the of, new uh, YouTube address instead of the Twitch. Yeah, okay. So anyone that, uh, if they, if you want to watch us uh, live, you can do so at uh, youtube.com slash user slash Network slash live. Well, um, actually, if you take out the user portion of it, it still oh. works, so it's actually easier. Oh, okay. So youtube.com slash questgamingnetwork slash live. Yeah. Um, you can email us at questgamingnetwork at gmail.com or at Elder Scrolls off the record at gmail.com. If you want to find us online, you can do it at our, at our website at questgamingnetwork.com. And if you uh, use social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Elder Scrolls OTR, on Facebook at facebook.com slash questgamingnetwork, and on Google at google.com slash Plus sign, Quest Gaming Network. I'm really digging this YouTube live streaming, guys. So today we will be playing Elder Scrolls for Oblivion. Coral, the city of the Great Forest. And today we are going to have Avarwin play the quest line, The Killing Field. Uh, it's got a special reward that we'll talk about in the Sonaris Archives, hopefully. Uh, so in our discussion, we have player housing. Uh, what we get out of it. Uh, the history of, we will be talking about uh, Coral and uh, the Colovian Estates. In the Sonaris Archives, we have the Artifacts of History. We have a fast question, some tweets and emails, and a special announcement uh, today as part of our gameplay. Yeah, why don't we, uh, actually, why don't we get into that? Because it's, you know, at the beginning of the episode, and, and I know everyone's uh, really, really tuned in, and I'm sure their ears just perked up with the special announcement thing. And, and I think this is, like, awesome. First of all, Mike, I really got to just say thank you for this, because this is excellent. Oh, you're very welcome. So, the question that I have for everybody, has everybody seen my paintings? Yes. Do you like my paintings? Love them. <laughs> Uh, so we have a special episode coming up, the 50th episode uh, of Classic Elder Scrolls. As part of the 50th episode celebration, uh, we are going to be giving away to one of our lucky listeners, drawn live on the 50th episode, a piece of artwork. One of my pieces. So how to enter. So we've talked about this for a while. Hold on a second, Mike. So you're saying that we're giving away an actual original KDR Mickey print. No, not a print, a painting. Oh, it's even better. The, the deal is sweetened. <laughs> so this is an original, you know, signed by me, painted by me. It will be the winner's choice of what scene they want painted. So, you know, they will be able to send us a uh, screenshot of their favorite area, and uh, I will paint it for them, and they should have it uh, just after Christmas, sometime in the early New Year. Because the 50th episode should be the beginning of December. All right. Um, boy, that's, Very that's, nice. that's really, yeah, it's really exciting. When it comes to, when it comes to paintings, all right, are you hoping for like anything in general? Like, you know, I, I kind of hope we get like these sort of submissions or are you looking forward to 
anything in general? Um, I just look forward to like uh, you know really good screenshots from our listeners that uh, would say, "Hey, this is what I want to have hanging on my wall." Um, you know, landscapes, obviously. You know, because uh, people I've only done a very few character ones, um, and I find them very tough to do. But uh, I will do some of those if that was what the winner wants. Um, you know, and it should be Elder Scrolls games, obviously. I don't want to be, you know, doing a painting of your cat for the winner. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be, that would be, like, ridiculously awesome. <laughs> no, I won, so you have to paint Mr. Snuffles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Magnus Iverson in the chat's wondering where he can go to see your paintings, Mike. Uh, so it's Deviant Art. I think it's a slash KDR Mickey. <laughs> They're saying hashtag paint my cat in the chat. <laughs> um, uh, so how would you enter, I guess, is really the question for the listeners that want to know. Because uh, obviously it's the last uh, week of August here. And uh, the drawing isn't until December when our 50th comes out. So, you know, we wanted to give people enough time to, to enter for this. And we'll, you know, keep announcing it as we go through for now until then. Uh, you must be following us on Twitter. Uh, you must be subscribed to our YouTube. And you have to send us an email describing your favorite moment in a classic Elder Scrolls game that will be read on air during the episode. Uh, all entries will be added into a hat and one drawn at random. No purchase necessary. Wow. Not bad. That's uh, really cool. I'm looking forward to the, uh, to the email that we're going to get out of this too. Yeah, no, I'm, I've got a, I got one of your paintings right above my computer and of the Imperial city. And frankly, it's, it's fantastic. So I'm going to be, I can't wait to win myself the second one. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or, or are we going to put a limiter on that one? Uh, I think we'll probably have to put it so that QGN hosts can't win. <laughs> and that sucks. <laughs> because usually QGN hosts get, you know, a, uh, a free one from me anyways. <laughs> QGN contests are ruined forever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, They're asking in the chat room, what's the email? Uh, Elder Scrolls off the record at gmail.com. Elder Scrolls off the record at gmail.com. So it should be, you know, a yeah. decent email, you know, sent to us describing your favorite moment in a classic Elder Scrolls game. Don't just put, I really like the Dragonborn quest. You, know, <laughs> yeah. you won't be added to, to the list. Tell us, tell us a story, guys. Yeah, tell us a story. Tell us a story. Entertain us. Right. Not a, not a huge one, though. Like, you gotta, you, it's gotta fit into that, you know, five, ten minute email section. So. Yeah. <laughs> Dance for me. No. <laughs> not it, not, it can't be. I mean, we love page turners, but, you know. <laughs> now, obviously, oh, oh. if you win, you have to provide us with your address so we can ship it to you and your name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so oh. that's a big thing. Uh, also, let's uh, let's keep in mind, um, let's make sure that the stories stay within the realm of what we normally see on uh, Elder Scrolls games, not what I normally see in Elder Scrolls games. Oh, uh. oh. <laughs> Especially after the sex slave trade thing there in your moral. Oh my god. <laughs> I thought you were gonna lose it. Just melt right there. <laughs> it was just like I almost made it through. Almost made it through a single episode with you know a single stream without 
anything pervy happening. Nope. As the lusty Argonian maid entered the bedchambers of the <laughs> urging No, that Phaedra. would be pretty tame compared to what Mark has seen on his streams recently. <laughs> oh, God. Like every, you know, like, perversion known to man has happened I, on his streams. And I, it really, what, why does it actually, like, seriously, guys, I've played these games before. It's, it, it was never this obvious to me. <laughs> but, um... You know what? This is. I guess this is a good place to start talking about how our uh, weeks in games have gone. Yes, um, Mark, fantastic segue. I I appreciate that. That's awesome. What what, what have you guys been doing in in game recently? Uh, I'll let Mike start because you know. <laughs> well, we were just talking about your pervy, oh, okay. you know, Morrowind stuff. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Well, okay. So I, I've Tell been playing us the story, Mike. Mark. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! It, this is why you, cho- you you chose two MKs. You know that's. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you only brought this on yourself. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. So yeah, basically, um, yeah, I haven't played a, whole, a huge amount. I've been had Dancing with Daggers, and we've been we did a, a bit more. Um, uh, we did a bit more of the uh, PlayStation or the Play Server te- uh, Playtest Server. For uh, the Imperial City on Friday, for just going in there and just getting into an all-out brawl with a bunch of uh, EP and AD people in the Imperial City, uh, but I've been spending most of my time playing more of the uh, of Morrowind. So, right after our last uh, Elder, the stream I had after our last classic set, uh, episode was. Um, I was I was basically becoming horator of uh, some of the uh, some of the houses, uh, some of the great houses. So I was doing Halalu, and then had to go back to Crassus Curio to get his sort of support to become a um, to become the the horator, the war leader of the of House Halalu. Now this is the guy who writes the Lusty Argonian, right? Yeah, and okay. who, in order for me to, to to get his patronage to advance further in House Halalu, I had to strip naked for. My, you know. <laughs> How did how did you know that like off the top of your head? How was that right? No, no, there? like that's what he said. He said I need you, you know, like I'll 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 patronize you, but or you know I'll be your patron and help you rise in the ranks of the house. But first, I need to see with what I'm working with. Take your clothes off. No, no, I meant Mike. How did you know that that was the oh, author? Because he's the only author that you can um, you can meet in uh-huh. uh, Morrowind. There that is like famous like that. Right, right. And uh, uh-huh. I know that he's part of a quest line to become like you know he's part of the main quest yeah and, you, can't, you, know. you can't kill him because if you do the main quest is unwinnable <laughs> oh okay so it's not like you've got a library of Tamriella Carlequin novels uh, just stacked up next to you huh? no no, no. <laughs> uh, apparently he, there's another book he's written that doesn't show up in uh, the series called the three legged guar <laughs> um <laughs> yeah <laughs> The uh, gameplay into this into this game. <laughs> yeah. So so basically, um, uh, you know, his response was, "Yeah, I'll 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 make you the war leader of my house for a kiss." Wow. So, you know that wasn't. You know what? I've been naked before the guy. Okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> this is small potatoes. It's um, a little nudity amongst digital men. I mean, come on. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I'll admit, I'm playing a female character, but I've checked. He doesn't change his requests if you're a guy. I'm, I'm sure he doesn't. 
Yeah. He's equal opportunity perf. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, here, he, and, and he's perfect because he's demanding people to kiss him <laughs> or strip his kid for it. You know. and you know what the worst part is? I always get him confused with the guy that you're supposed to start the quest with, where you go into Belmora and he's there, like standing shirtless in his yes. house. Yeah, yeah. And well, they both have CC names. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's, uh, but you know, that was one, and okay, that's kind of minor. Then, as I was finishing up uh, my gameplay last session, and it was a good session, uh, um, I was doing some work for uh, some exploring and. Uh, working on being being named Nervarine by some of the Ashlander tribes. Um, I even got to see Neloth, the guy from uh, the uh, the Dunmer Archmage that you find on Solstheim in the Dragonborn DLC. Yeah, I was going to say that that sounds. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. He's, he has that house that's like right by that giant mushroom. Yeah, it, it, his house is the giant mushroom. Okay, but right. yeah, basically, and I always uh, die because I always slip. When you're supposed to hit the the button to use the the, the float down, right? I you always just, just walk in, walk right off, and fall to my death. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my! It seems that uh, tentacles have replaced your eyes. And can you scream? Oh no, no, that's because your tongue's been replaced by one too. Hmm. Uh, I just love the tests that he does in that game. Uh, th- there's a, in in this game though, you have to convince him to uh, to make you horator as well. If you don't have a high enough disposition, uh, he just won't even talk to you. If you improve his disposition, though, and ask him, he's there, what, Horator? Is that necessary? Okay, fine. You're a Horator. Go away. (laughs) (laughs) I've got too many things to do. Get out of my house. Yeah, Yeah, I'm busy. Go away. Oh, Neiloth. You know, that was going great. And so I go to visit an Ashlander tribe. And he says, okay, well, you know what? To prove yourself Nervarine, go, uh, go kill this vampire. Okay, I do that. And he comes, I come back and say, oh, wow, I, uh. Think you'd actually do that? Didn't okay. expect you to live. <laughs> well, you know, there, there's a tradition among my people, and I, being an outsider, I can't expect you to know what. So I'll just tell you. It's to before I give you a title like this. It's it's appropriate that you get me um, that you bring me a gift, and for a gift, I'd like a a, a Telvani bride. Uh, get me a, a daughter of one of the high of one of the um, of one of the high lords of the Telvani house, and. You know, make sure she's beautiful and intelligent and has good childbearing hips and uh, wow, <laughs> tall order. And, you know, tell tell them that I'm looking for a bride and I'm you know pick me the prettiest one. And you go and, you, and he said talk, talk to the, the wise woman; she'll help. And she says, you know what? Just don't even bother. Just go talk to this slaver that I know and go uh, go buy a slave from, uh, oh, from him. Okay. Or, so yeah, there's there's no other way to go about this quest. You go. You buy a slave, you dress her up, make her look pretty, and then you bring her to the guy. <laughs> this is now, really creepy. <laughs> yeah, just imagine being in the in the chat room for this. <laughs> now, like they try to pretty it up with, oh well, you know, in the end, he he realizes what you've done, but he doesn't care because he feels she's a better wife, and he's not going to abuse her or anything. They're and they love each other and everything. But it's like, you know. That still doesn't change the fact that I bought this woman to be his sex slave. Why am I going in- to jail? What did I do wrong? What'd you steal? I don't know. I, I didn't mean to steal anything. Uh, you're moving around jugs, it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to come over amazing on the audio. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, all I was doing was just, like, you know, pushing some, some plates and stuff around. I, I was being careful not to steal any of it by accident, but... <laughs> see what happens when I'm trying to, like, entertain people visually on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> do you know? Do you know how difficult it is to put something back on these tables? <laughs> You're going to jail. It's nearly impossible. <laughs> once, oh, once Derek, you touch that cup. I know that guard was. You, they never go upright. You can never put them upright again. Don't you know that? Don't you know? Yeah, that guard was all over me, like wide on rice too. Like uh, if I did accidentally like steal that Sneaks. stupid thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was, he was like, "Hold it right there, criminal scum!" Like what I did. It, it, it was only a gold piece too. Oh, Lord. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, basically, it was just, it was uncomfortable all around. <laughs> it, was, it was like, seriously, I, I'm the hero, don't you know? Don't you, don't you know? I'm not supposed to be purchasing slaves and trafficking them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not like you have the option to, say, free a slave or find someone on your own or anything. No, no. This is, it's the only way to complete the main quest is to buy a slave and you know, presenter in this fiction, ignore, you know, ignoring the fact that he could be very upset at her if she finds out that she's not who she, who you think she is Uh-oh. or who, who she thinks he thinks she is. So yeah, guy, it was just like, it's a fine quest until you actually think about what's going on. Right. Right. So <laughs> Yeah, so that's been my weekend game. Interesting, to say the least. What what about you, Mike? So I've been playing Skyrim. Uh, I completed the Mage's Guild questline, uh, killed Ancano, um, got the staff of uh, Magnus, all that kind of stuff. And then I was like, well, what do I do now? You know, that was the whole goal of this character. So I think I'm going to try and get the master level for all of the uh, schools of uh, um, magic. And so I don't want to do any of the other quest lines like um, Thieves Guild, Dark Brotherhood, uh, Fighters Guild, any of that kind of thing. So I'm looking at some of these other um, mod quests that I have. And so I've started this one called uh, Nektau. Or Nektau. Uh, it's uh, a dungeon uh, that's filled with skeletons, but they're like super powered skeletons. Normally you'd take like a firebolt and it would destroy like a dozen skeletons oh no it takes three fireballs to kill a skeleton in this place so oh boy uh but it's amazingly beautiful the uh, guy who did it uh did an amazing job it's uh very epic looking inside you know the rooms are giant caverns there's a giant skeleton boss at the end who stands like three uh body heights tall uh that you have to kill so it's pretty cool okay uh, nice. so that's what i've been doing i'm probably gonna once that's done maybe go to Falskar. And do that one. Uh, just trying to figure out ways to to play the game differently, and get those uh, master level uh, spells. Mm. Yeah, you know, I I think one of the big uh, one of the big things with with um, any of these games is you know certainly you there are people out there that say you know I've logged in a thousand hours and uh, you know I still want to play the game, but I'm not too sure you know what I could be doing or how how can I play it differently. And um, I guess you know that's definitely where mods mods uh, it help extend the uh, the the life of your gameplay in, in a game. So um, I definitely recommend Falscar for sure. Uh, I started yeah. playing through that a little bit, and it, it was it's it's great. So it really feels like a like a DLC. Cool. Yeah. 
Um, been playing a lot of Elder Scrolls Online again. You know, I've been uh, logging in pretty much every day, uh, running some dungeons, and uh, basically having fun with that. Um, really nothing to report on, on that end of it, though. Um, been doing... Ah, uh, oh, yeah, finally cleared uh, Veteran City of Ash as, as a tank. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. nice. I was very happy about that. Look at that. I just walked right past Wayne and Priory. Uh, so I was happy about that. Um, that's basically it, though, for for uh, my side of things. All right. Um, gentlemen. So we have a discussion topic. We do. We do. Um, Mike, would you mind? I know I got a little uh, a little blurb in there written up about, about uh, to introduce our discussion topic, which is essentially going to be around player housing in Oblivion. Um, and we'll tell you why in a minute, but Mike, uh, would you mind uh, going into that for me? Yep. When we play Oblivion, we see a map filled with towns and cities. As the player, we have a chance to own a house in each of the main cities except for Kavash. In Coral, that home is Arborwatch. As a player in Oblivion, do you think this game would have been lacking if the choice to purchase a house was missing? What do you get out of buying a home in the Elder Scrolls games? So, do you think uh, purchasing a house was is uh, you know an important feature of the series? Mm. Um. All right, I, I want Mike. I want to stay on you with this one. Um, okay. Essentially, essentially, what I'm what I'm asking what I'm asking you guys is. You know, uh, we do have the ability to to purchase a home in Oblivion in pretty much all of the main towns. You know, is this would the game be lacking if that did not exist? And what what do you think and why, Mike? I would have to say yes that it would be lacking, yeah. um, mainly because, especially with Oblivion, like there's so much unique things. In Oblivion, it's not just like, oh, you get an iron sword, you know, or a steel sword. You know, there's, there's so many different variations and, uh, you know, that you really need to have a place to, to put them and sometimes even a place just to display them. Um, and I think, you know, as, as games have gone on, the display function has become more and more popular than just the storage function. And so I, I really see, like, you know, the need for a place to be able to put all this, this cool stuff that we don't want to just get rid of. I would have to, I'd have to agree. Um, one of the things that when I was, when I was looking into coral, um, during the week was I, I was looking at it and I said, you know, this is a really, I like, I like this place. Like I, I like the city. It's nice. I wonder, I wonder if I could buy a house here. And uh, sure enough, it, it was. And then I was thinking to myself, like, that's such a weird thing. Like, what is that? Why? Why was that a question on my mind? And and I realized that um, Bethesda recognized early in the game's development that these cities are all different. They have their own personality to them, and, and of course, they have their own lore and and. Um, history that establishes why 
And they recognize that gamers are probably going to attach, get attached to certain certain towns. Maybe even over others in this game. And wouldn't it be great if you can somehow take your character and be able to say, I live in my favorite town. I own a house in my favorite town. That's where I live. When I'm done saving Cyrodiil and the world from, you know, Daedra and, and the plots of Mehrunes Dagon, I go back home and that place is in XYZ. That's a very powerful thing as as a gamer. And um It establishes you as part of the community and part of the ongoing aspect of the game. So, I mean, one thing Oblivion did right is this concept of the people having daily lives more than just, you know, standing around waiting for you to show up at their store. Uh, as we've seen, especially when Oblivion, I mean, Skyrim got away from that a little bit, but sometimes you can find the companions out in the wilderness, you know, hunting, you know, dragons or, you know, some other type of creature, um, you know, you can see, you know, members of the Dark Brotherhood or the Thieves Guild out on quests. It's very rare, but they're there eventually. Um, and it gives you a sense of, like, being a part of the community, even when you're, you know, not there adventuring. Right. Mark, over to you on this one. What what are your, your ideas and, and your feelings on, on, you know, player housing in, in Cyrodiil and you know, is this is this a, a vital part to the game? And oh, if we, not, is it a vital part of the game to to you? Without question, I, I really find that um, the housing does give you that sense of permanence. It, it it lets you sort of choose. This is my home. This is my base of operation. Um, it gives you more of a stake in the area for like to protect. Like I'm protecting this area, or you know. It just it helps you get that little immersion, and again, as I said last week, prevents you from just being a murder hobo. <laughs> um, uh, and I really do agree. I think Bethesda saw just how important it was because they went from Daggerfall, where they had houses all over the place, uh, that like you could have multiple houses in a single city, and you could do it across the entire bay. And then they went to Morrowind, where there are four houses for you to have. And most of those houses are, uh, you can only have one of them. Or, or like, okay, you can have one house from a great house. And it's set up in a out-of-the-way place in a preset area. So you don't really have a choice where it is or for anything else. You just, you get it. And if you want to go to that house, you are going to be planning for a... Uh, a bit of a walk um, always and then the other one is you can have a, a place at Raven Rock which is so far out of the way for the rest of Morrowind that you're really not going to spend a lot of time going back and forth between the two because it's right. even more walking yeah you were mentioning that uh, last the last episode about that and you know I, I think that's that could be yeah. one of the one of the reasons why. You yeah, know, I think I think that they just so many people were saying, where is where's the housing? Where's that uh, ability to feel like I belong here? Whereas you know, Morrowind just it didn't have that. Basically, it felt like the character is not meant to feel that they have a spot unless right. they embroil themselves deeply in one political house. 
So let's let's um, let's tie this let's tie this up in in one little one tight little knot here. A, a denouement, if you will. Oh my. Uh, <laughs> um, going forward in Elder Scrolls games. All right, I'm not going to ask the obvious question. What do you want to see? Is this still a critical game feature? I mean, we know Fallout 4 has like a housing system on crack. <laughs> Uh, is this still a critical game feature of of Elder Scrolls? What, what do you guys think, Mark? Without question, no. There, I mean, there's there's no question in my mind. We're going to see more housing. Uh, there there is pretty much no reason not to at this point in the series. It, it's become so expected, and you know, what, in the last game in Skyrim, they added in the idea that when you get a house, you also get an NPC that you can bring around with you or just use to carry your burdens. So, <laughs> you know, they, they, they only added to it what with Hearthfire and the uh, the house carls in the yeah. last one. So I'd assume they're going to go even further in the next in the next game with it. I can't imagine they'd go back to Morrowind where it's not arena. at all. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, is this as critical as is uh Mark is suggesting. I mean, if we come out with an Elder Scrolls game and there's no housing in it, you think there's going to be people up in arms? Oh yeah, I definitely think that they'll be up in arms. Uh, yeah, I think that to the point that it's going to be even bigger than you know anything we've already seen. I think that you know uh, the housing is going to you know really you know take a front and center type of uh, place in the new in the upcoming game. Yeah, uh, we've got an email later on in the show after um, the history of and the Snarest archives. Uh, so we're going to revisit this to a degree um, later on in the show. But I want to, I sort of want to leave the discussion there and uh, sort of end off with, um, it's our belief. And I think this is a founded, a founded belief that. Um, Player housing in Elder Scrolls games is here to stay, and it's only it's only going to get improved upon and um, made made bigger. Yeah. Um, all right. With that, if you guys maybe check me on the notes, I do believe it's time for the history of. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, without further ado, Mike, what is the history of Coral, this lovely town that I have been sauntering around in? So, Coral, the city of the Great Forest, the eastern gateway to the Colovian Highlands, part of the Colovian Estates. Uh, it's a walled city with a uh, Mountain Valley keep, so the keep sits high on the hill uh, compared to the rest of the town. Uh, the structure, when I started looking through uh, the internet to find stuff that looked like it, uh, I came across a castle called Conway Castle in Wales. It's uh, a fine example of a 13th and 14th century military architecture castle in Europe. Uh, it's um, got those round towers with the cutaways at the top there for um, uh, archers to stand and fire arrows upon. It also has a very similar structure in terms of uh, you enter into a main um, uh, open space and then have to enter into the keep proper through a series of gates. Um, the big difference though is that it sits on the coastline compared to this sitting inside the Great Forest. Uh, and for some reason, the, every time I thought about it, all I could think of was Nottingham uh, with the Great Forest. Um, that, you know, you've got the city that sits 
in the forest and protects the forest area. Now, why would we say that? Well, the Colovian Highlands really are a desolate area. Uh, once Avarwin leaves town itself uh, to go look around, pretty much to the northwest, there is not much out there uh, in terms of civilization. Right. Uh, so Coral is the last uh, city uh, before you hit the uh, Gerald Mountains. So uh, let's take a look first at uh, the Colovian area, and then we'll bring our focus more and more into uh, the city proper. Uh, so for those that don't know, uh, the Colovia is the western part of Cyrodiil. It is known for its steer, martial culture, and rugged population of Nordic descendants. Uh, its borders have moved over time, but in the 3rd and 4th era, the region comprises of Anvil, Coral, Kavach, and Skingrad counties, and the Imperial Reserve. Uh, back in the 1st and 2nd era, the modern Skyrim hold of Falkreath was at times included in several of the kingdoms making up Western Colovia. So a couple episodes back, we talked about how uh, Falkreath was in the wrong place on the map, according to the one story we were reading. I guess this is their way of saying that, you know, it was in the right area. It's just the mountains weren't, you know, a prominent feature. Most of the population uh, resides in the cities in the south, although there are a few scattered farms and settlements throughout the area. The city of Coral is the main population center in the northern part of Colovia, a hilly forested region sandwiched between the Great Forest and the Colovian Highlands. During the Elysian Reformation, the Syro Nords, who had settled in the west, resisted the doctrines of the Elysian East and isolated themselves from the Nimine Valley. They established the Colovian Estates as an autonomous government during this time. Following the victory of the Colovian king Bendu Ulu, over the Slodes of Thras, remember we talked about that in Anvil, uh, the Colovian estates began to overshadow the Elysian East, which led to the War of Righteousness and the end of the Elysian rule in Cyrodiil. So the Syro Nords of the Colovian estates uh, have uh, kept breeding amongst themselves and have a much more human like um, physiology. So they uh, are much larger uh, people, and uh, this is possibly due to Falkreath's influence in the first and second eras. And the Nibbanese have a much more cosmopolitan outlook, and so there has a tendency to have more elven influences inside their physiology. Uh, we can see smaller features, uh, smaller frames, uh, and higher intellects in the Nibbanese versus the Colovians. So that gives us an overview of the area of the Colovian Estates, uh, the area that Coral is the last major city of the Northwest. Kind of like a, a city just sort of tucked away in <clears throat> between the uh, between the forest and the mountains. Um, yeah, it's the last frontier. Yeah, and, and as mm -hmm. you can see, now you've got Bruma in the north for sure, but um, you know, as you can see, when we when when I was in there, you know, it's. It's one of the last it, it's last cities heading, you know, uh, northwest before you get into, what is that, Hammerfell, I think? Yes. Um, so, so you know, as Mike was saying, yeah, it's like it's like the last frontier, especially in regards to, um, you know, civilization. Because, you know, right on the other side, you know, you've got those dirty, uncivilized orcs that everyone hates and are useless. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had to get it in there. <laughs> 
That's all I so have. So we're going to read. <laughs> we're going to read from a book called "The Final Lesson," uh, which uh, is set in the first era, I believe, uh, and it talks about having traveled through the Colovian Estates. Um, so on a springtime morn, Dalek received a message from another enchanter named Polis, who lived deep in the forests of the Colovian heartland. You must remember that in the dark days of the first era, mages were solitary practitioners with the only organized consortium being the Sigics of Arteum. Away from that island, mages seldom saw one another and even more rarely corresponded. Thus, when Dalek received Peloth's letter, he gave it his great attention. Peloth was greatly aged. He had found the peace of isolation threatened by the Elysian reform. He feared for his life, knowing that the fanatical priests and the warriors were close at hand. Dalek brought his students to him. It will be an arduous and perilous journey to the Colovian Estates, one that I would fear partaking even in my youth, Dalek said. My heart trembles to send you two forth to Pellet Cave, but I know that he is a great and benevolent enchanter, and his light must continue to burn in the heart of the continent if we are to survive these dark nights. Uthrak and Loreth pleaded with their teacher not to order them to go to Pelot. It was not the priests and warriors of the Lysian reform they feared, but they knew that their master was aged and infirm and would not protect himself if the reform moved further westward. Finally, he relented and allowed that one would stay with him and the other would journey forth to the Colovian estates. He would let them decide which of them would go. The lads debated and discussed, fought and compromised, and at last elected to let fate make their choice. They threw lots, and Loreth came up short. He left early the next morning, miserable and filled with fear. For a month and a day, he tramped through the forest into the midst of the Colovian estates. Through some planning, some skill, and much assistance from sympathetic peasants, he managed to avoid the ever-tightening circle of the Elysian Reformed by crossing through unclaimed mountain passes and hidden bogs. When at last he found the dark cavern where Delic had told him to search, it was still many hours before he could find the Enchanter's lair. So it just gives you an idea of how wild and untamed the Colovian estates and highlands are. I have to admit, the entire time you were reading that, I was expecting to hear Dalek said, Don't worry, I can protect myself. I will exterminate anyone <laughs> I thought that too when I was reading this last night. I was like, Daleks? Daleks? <laughs> we have found the doctor! Exterminate! <laughs> so a newer book uh, for those that play ESO, The Chronicles of the Five Companions. Uh, in the past year, Manamarco served as chief advisor to the court of Emperor Valen Aquilius. Oh, I can never say his last name. Aquilius. Uh, Aquilarios. Aquilarios, okay. Aquilarios! Originally a Duke of Coral, Varian became Emperor of Tamriel by right of conquest. With Manamarco's council, Varian led a revolt against the previous dynasty, the savage reign of the Reachmen known as the Longhouse Emperor. Yet, despite his conquest and victory, Varian was not to be a true emperor. Like the former emperor, Leovic, the blood of the dragon didn't flow through Varian's veins. 
He was unable to light the dragon fires of the Temple of the One, as a true emperor must by tradition. So, a mage character in ESO is originally a duke from Coral. So, I thought that was a pretty cool uh, thing to bring up here as I was doing my research. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. As you're, uh, as you're talking about um, this stuff, Mike, I'm uh, actually going to be walking through the uh, Kolovian Highlands here and giving everyone an idea of what this place actually, like, around Coral how untamed uh, it is. Yeah, I mean, I right in front of the city is a is a cave, and there's bandits in here, so I'm going to clear them out. Save the populace. Did you uh, complete the uh, the the? Um, oh yeah, the- I got I chill rend and everything. All right. Yeah. Sweet. So uh, for Varwin's favorite uh, playstyle here, uh, another book that we come across: the Knights of the Nine. What happened to the various relics originally discovered by the Knights of the Nine? The sword and the greaves went to Sir Beric, uh, but where he bestowed them is unknown. The gauntlets famously lie immovable on the floor of the Chapel of Stendar in, in Coral, where Sir Casimir left them after his disgraceful murder of a beggar in the Third Era 139. Mm. So uh, we know that you already wear the armor, so you have completed that quest. But, uh, oh, yeah. You know, it's a pretty famous story in terms of the Knights of the Nine as to uh, how these uh, gauntlets could not be moved from the floor because uh, unless somebody who was of truly righteous um, persuasion actually took up the cause. Oh, I'm righteous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a it's a story that keeps coming back. Uh, while you're doing the Knights of the Nine quest, you you hear it often and spoken about often. So, um, when you finally complete, you know the the quest and everything, it uh, it feels nice for things to sort of come full circle. I'll leave it there. I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. And then the last book of uh, the research, because there really wasn't a lot on on Coral. I was surprised. Uh, is from our most favorite of this series authors, Alicia Otis, and her completely bigoted outlooks on everything, non-imperial, non-rich. <laughs> <laughs> Praise Stendai, the Nine, and all of the saints. My name is Alicia Otis, and I'd like to tell you about the town of Coral. Right, here we go. Coral is the county seat of, of County Coral, and is ruled by Countess Ariana Valga, a very proper woman and mother of the beautiful and virtuous Alethea Caro, Countess of Leowin. Countess Ariana is a devout and religious follower of Akatosh and sets a fine example for her people by her devotions in the Chapel of Stendar. Her husband, Count Charius Volga, was a staunch defender of the faith and a follower of Stendar, and his death in battle against the heathen Nord clansmen of Skyrim was greatly lamented by his people. Alicia Caro has been a good husband to Count... Yeah, it says good husband, that's weird. To Count Marcius of Leowin, and a dutiful daughter, and she is often seen visiting Coral and her saintly mother. Wow, she's not actually mad at these people. Wow, look at that. This is the first. I'm also pleased to report that the Castle Mage is a righteous and goodly servant of the Nine, unlike so many wizards who neglect the chapel and the faith. Channel offers 
magical training for those eager to smite the ungodly, and it would be much better to go to her than to some wicked mages guild hedge wizard. The Countess holds court every day in the fine great hall, except for Sundas, of course. Of course. She is a very fine herald and steward, and the castle is neat and well-ordered. It also has a strong dungeon jail for evildoers. Oh, well, thank God for that. Though I'm sorry to say that the guards are often laxed in their duty and fail to arrest and lock up the various beggars and thieves and gamblers and cheats who idle in the streets. <laughs> of course, she always wants everybody locked up. Yeah, of course. They're different nah. than uh, than her. That's She's looking to uh, give them time in jail. <laughs> yeah. There are five main districts of, of Coral. When you enter the gate, you find yourself in the fountain gate before the fine pool and statue of Saint of of the saint of Sancrator, in memory of all who died in that great battle. Around the fountain are two inns, the general store and smith. One street leads to the castle, one north to the Great Oak Place, and one west to Chapel Street and West Coral. Chapel Street leads west to the chapel, past the bookstore, and thence to the crude shacks gathered around the well of West Coral. Around Great, Great Oak Place are the Mages Guild and Fighters Guild and many fine houses. The Chapel of Stendar is beautiful and perfect for a traveler's meditation and prayer. Every Sundas morning you will find the best citizens gathered with their good countess for worship. You may be surprised to learn that not all the people of Coral follow the model of their countess, for many are very idle and careless in their devotions. This is certainly the responsibility of the Fighters Guild and Mages Guild, whose members fail to set a good example for choral citizens. The elderly priest of the chapel, Oreg Grabalrog, sounds very orcish, uh, is a kindly righteous soul and would be far better to purchase your spells from her rather than the, gr- the godless heathens of the Mages Guild. Did, did a mage eat her dog once? <laughs> I, I don't know. She really has it out for these mages. Goods and services. The proprietor of Northern Goods and Trade, Seed Nisus, is an Argonian, but unlike so many of her countrymen, she is clever, honest, and well-spoken. Isn't that remarkable? She is so accomplished <laughs> that she offers training in the mercantile arts, but you will not purchase goods from her cheaply. I am told by those who know that the smith of fire and steel, Rasha the Redgar, is very fine craftsman, who offers training in her craft. She is always to be found at Sunday's chapel worship, but she is fresh and disrespectful, and her manners and dress leave something to be desired. Oh, oh my. Yeah. Renoir's books is fairly clean and has a wide selection of books. But would you believe that I found not a single copy of the Ten Commandments of the Nine Divines? Nor have I even seen the Prietus of the Chapel of Stendar. Yeah, Mike, this woman's books kind of read like, uh, you know, the the Star or some stupid, you know, uh, publication of, like, Us magazine where you you follow the uh, all the gossip of of celebrities and, and whatnot. Oh, I think so. Yeah. You know, she's very hateful of everybody. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you pick up a couple little cool things out of it. But, you know, she definitely, um, 
Whew, you know. <laughs> I, I, I keep waiting for her to write a book where she talks about the Dwemer and talks about how it's a good thing they're dead so that they didn't undermine imperial values and cities. <laughs> yeah, speaking uh, of I the, could see her doing that. Speaking of the Dwemer, I, I uncovered a little factoid about them recently. Um, that they were they were actually the the size of normal normal elves, and um, like we see in the game now. Um, but apparently they were named dwarves by by giants that uh, were in the game at the time or in Tamriel at the time. So really, yeah, yeah. It's not that they were shorter than everyone else in Tamriel. It's just that they acquired their name from a race that were much taller than they were in Tamriel at the time. So it's not that they're dwarves, it's just, it's just that they were named by giants. Except for then uh, Morrowind goes and Fs that up by having Dwemer ghosts that are shorter than you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it's the funniest thing, too, because like the, the Guide to the Empire, which was their design document, goes out of its way to say that dwarves were no shorter than anyone else, that anything involving that there... Now, it also state, uh, states that anything involving them being small had more to do with spiritual matters than height. But yeah, it's still one of those. They they go out of their way. I mean, even afterwards, they say all dwarven armor is made to fit a you know, a a regular sized human, you know, man or mer. It, it they're not short. Mm. Yeah. Except the they, translation is deep. Yeah. The the dwe in dwemer. Yeah, so, so. and and the, and that's the thing is you know it they go out of their way to say no they're not short and the only time we see them in as in ghost form they're short. <laughs> well, maybe uh, through the course of evolution, you know. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, they live that, underground. Yeah, like we are uh, much taller and broader than um, than than people you know a hundred two hundred years ago. Maybe uh, yeah, that's uh, that's occurred in Tamriel. You never know. <laughs> that, that's a neat bit of t tidbit. Where did that? Where did? Uh, where'd you find that one? Oh, I think I found that like either on the Skyrim wiki or the uh, unofficial Elder Scrolls pages. I was cool. Doing a little extra research last night. Um, anyway, that's uh, that's that. Now, um, um, now, Mike is uh, what, what in, in regard to the history of Coral? I mean, you know, what else? What else is there uh, today? That's about it. I mean, you know, there was very little for such, you know, probably one of, like, the, the more famous cities. I mean, we see it in ESO, and there's a rift that has formed uh, in the ground, and we see fire atronachs all over the place. Uh, and for anybody who's played um, Oblivion, it's one of the first cities, or one of the main cities that you have to go to for the fighters and mages guilds. Uh, I believe the head of the Fighters Guild is established here in uh, Coral. So it's very strange that we don't get more on it in yeah. uh, the literature. The, the leader of the Blades chose it pretty much as his, his hiding, you know, where his cover would be in Oblivion. Yeah, the Priory there, um, the way, the, the Wayne Wayne Priory, Priory yeah. is there. And, uh, you know, but there's almost no literature written about this city. So I was very disappointed about that. So, you know, hopefully a lot of what we see is what uh, you play in game here is uh, you go through the killing fields and uh, these dungeons to get a feel for just how wild 
the civilization is outside of the strong walled city that is Coral. Well, um, Mike, thank you for that. That was, uh, that was very good. Um, Mark, the Sonarist. While yeah. while we were looking uh, last night at um, at this, I had noticed that it doesn't seem like there's a whole heck of a lot in regards to Coral with the rest of the series. No, sadly not. So, uh, what what did you happen to um, dig up for for today's show? Well, Mike suggested taking a look at sort of um, non daedric artifacts and how they go through the series, and that you know it, that's a really it was a really good idea, and I, it got me sort of looking at it. And I realized that it's a huge rabbit hole to go down. I mean, okay, basically what really sort of uh, springs it off is is Chilrend itself, which was the whole point of the Killing Fields quest, is at the end of it you get the sword Chilrend. And the reason that's important is because if you do the Thieves' Quest, Thieves' Guild quest in Skyrim, you come across Chilrend again. Somehow in the next 200 years, it goes from here in Cyrodiil to being in the hands of the uh, head of the Thieves' Guild up in Riften in Skyrim. Mercer Frey. So, Mercer Frey. <laughs> so, you know, that that's... There's a history there, There's, but we never find it out. It's a named item that, you know, there. it's clearly an important item. It's got a name, but... It doesn't have a history, and the games are full of these items. I mean, well, fantasy itself is full of items. You've got the One Ring, Excalibur, Stormbringer, the Rod of Orcus. The, like, these are, you know, these are sort of famous uh, fantasy items, and you know that's sort of what really helps to make a world. And everyone knows about the Daedric artifacts, like the Mace of Molag Ball, the Ebony Blade, the Skeleton Key. Right. It's not an Elder Scrolls game without those items. True. But then you have the ones that are there that they aren't Daedric items. Uh, and those are... It's it's interesting to look at them because they 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 sort of bring up the, the idea that while the Daedric have a lot of influence, there are still these powerful weapons that were ma- and important weapons that were created by mortals. It's not just the Daedra who create items that shape history. So, uh, for example, one of, one of the main ones, I would say, is uh, two, well, two things. The sword Chrysomir and the Lord's pl- and another item called the Lord's Plate. Now, these are sort of like the good I- like the goodly items uh, the the sword of a paladin and the mail of a paladin that's the idea behind them uh, they're good for destroying evil and protect you know they heal they protect you from from flames and a whole bunch of other things uh, reflect spells and they show up in arena in no way in, you know something that shows <laughs> up in, in more in uh, arena get Actually, out it's, it's interesting. Of the artifacts that show up in Arena, only one of them never shows up again in the series. Everything else shows up in multiple games. Really? Yeah. The only one that doesn't show up is called King Ognum's Coffer, and it's a box that basically every day pours out a couple hundred gold. <laughs> I could see why it doesn't yeah, show I could, up again. I could see, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> yeah. So... 
In, in a way, it's kind of like the uh, the crown of Baron Zai in Skyrim is if you have this, congratulations, the economy has just shattered. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, if you get the crown of Baron Zaya, you will never worry about money again. You can buy like, Tamriel. <laughs> yeah, everything you open, there's a couple of gems in there. Everything. Wow. So... You know, the only problem is you usually end up with bags of gems and nowhere to, you know, you. it'll take you days to sell them all. Even with mod merchants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So even if highest level merchants, uh, you know, funding available and investments and whatnot, you, you just, you won't be able to sell them all uh, in a single town. So, you know, like that type of thing is, you know, you, you can see that like Chris and Mary and the Lord's Plate are these important nightly things. And you can see how, for the people of Tamriel, they would sort of be the sign of a hero. Mm. Um, In fact, the only way to get in... Arena artifacts were... Every game you could get, like, one or two random artifact quests, and you were never really told what you were going to get. It was always random. So I couldn't choose to quest for... Uh, Chris Amir, even if I'm playing a knight, hopefully the game will offer me the chance to go after it. Uh, but meanwhile, then when Daggerfall, uh, you do get artifact quests, and the only the only way to get an artifact without summoning a Daedra, a Daedric Prince, is literally to join a knightly order, and when you get to their highest levels, they'll offer you a chance to go after an artifact. And again, it's going to be random, but it's like that's where you get Chrysomir. That's where you can get the Lord's Plate. That's where you can get the Necromancer's Amulet and a couple of other evil artifacts. There's always the best ones. Yeah, which in a way it makes sense that a knightly order wants to find these artifacts to remove them from use. But it's funny because, hey, I just got the Necromancer's Amulet. Time to start using it to take over the world. Time to start (laughs) killing, folks. I would love, I would love a quest where you you're able to you, you take on a nightly quest like that and you your your purpose is to destroy evil in um evil imbued magic items like oh yeah like i mean you, daedric weapons i would love a yeah, quest you like you can that. see that's where they were clearly going with the whole idea was that you uh you know you have this um or you you have these uh um, these quests and the knightly order goes out and you find either ones that you know prove your worth as an you're proving your worth as a knight by finding these items but these are also items you can't destroy so it's you find them and now it is your duty to protect them yeah only problem being no one ever comes for them again uh, but it's still a really cool uh, cool thing that they had and something I'd like to see show up in later games yeah I, I think it would be really cool if you had the had a quest line. You know where you your purpose was to destroy these like evil Daedric artifacts, like the the Mace of Molag Ball. Oh yeah. But at the same time, um, the game would recognize if you took that quest and offered you an alternative quest in another save, in another game save, yeah, to I, I... to restore those items back into the world and have them look different. Mmm, that would be cool. Um. I understand the idea that they have is that you can't really destroy something as powerful as those Daedric artifacts. Right. But like to to have that type of quest line where 
you could and make it sort of like the length of an actual uh, guild quest line, that would be awesome. Yeah. Well, if you play the uh, Azura Star quest line and uh, you talk to Azura, she tells you that, you know, she wants you to go and find the star and cleanse it. Uh, she's like, eventually it will fade from this reality and reappear uh, cleaned of the necromancer who's living in it right now. But it will take a century or more to do that. So, yeah, you can't really destroy Daedric artifacts or things of that nature, but mm-hmm. they will fade from existence and reappear as time is needed. And yeah. if you play ESO, I mean, the Wabajack is, is one of those. I mean, it's been locked away and Shigorath tasks you with going to retrieve it in a, straight, in a different timeline so that it can be brought back into the world. Hmm. Ah, the Wabajack. Ah, yes. <laughs> Screwing with time and everything else. <laughs> um, another example, of course, I, is, I mentioned the Necromancer's Amulet. That has been in every single game with the exception of Morrowind. And in Arena, it is specifically said to be the last surviving object of the mad sorcerer Manamarco, which means that Manamarco is the longest-running villain in the entire series. He shows up in he, he has objects in Arena. He has objects. He shows up in Daggerfall. He shows up in Oblivion. He shows up in ESO. He sho- uh, his object shows up in Skyrim. So, with the exception of Morrowind. He shows up in pretty much every game in some way, shape, or form. Hmm. And I'm sure there's commentary that mentions him somewhere in Morrowind. So, you know, like, this one item, it's not an artifact. In fact, usually you either stumble across it. Uh, for example, let's face it, in the quest for in Sky, in uh, the Blood on the Ice quest in Skyrim, you really do just stumble across the Necromancer's Amulet. This is not some grand... Quests. It it is just something you come across along in your journey. And, so, and if you aren't squatting down to to look at that bookshelf, you wouldn't even know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know you're you're looking at someone who's murdering. I think it's prostitutes and also or just street people. Like very minor thing, but you find a very powerful artifact out of it too. Huh. So you know, like again, this is just sort of the how the series has these other objects that. You know that do have this history behind them, and of course, then there's Oriel's bow and shield, and those aren't Daedric artifacts. Supposedly, they're Aedric artifacts. Right. Um, the unauthorized Daggerfall strategy guide that Prima put out way back in the day points out in the shield that, and I quote, "Clever people might ask how the mythical elf how how the mythical elf used a bow and a shield at the same time." Power gamers only care that this item includes the spells Resist Fire, Shield, and reflect and Spell Reflection. Power gamers. Wow, <laughs> I, I haven't heard that term in years. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the, the book itself actually lauds the concept of power gaming. <laughs> That's the whole point of it. But, um, you know, it's funny, though, that out of... It shows up in every game. The, both of those show up in every single game with the exception of Oblivion. But for some reason, every single game but Skyrim left out the most important ability of the bow, which is to kill the sun. (laughs) (laughs) I I have to say, like, you know, I I love that you can do that, that you can that that you can shoot the sun in in Oblivion or in in Dawnguard. Once you get to that that point, 
even if you're on the Dawn Guard side, you can still get the blood the blood arrows and still have uh, um, Serana make you more blood arrows in order to kill the sun. Kind of funny how how um, you know the the sun in in Elder Scrolls is is looked at as. Uh, not a celestial object, but really a hole in Aetherius that Lorcan escaped from. Yeah. And uh, yet it's something that can be shot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something that this one tiny object is able to actually blot from the sky, you know, for, for hours. So I, I'm sure there was some way or ritual then that you could use to corrupt the bow completely and literally close the, the gap to Aetherius completely. Or at least the the rays of the sun, but I mean, yeah, that would be interesting. Mm. Um, let's see what else. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Oblivion has two swords actually uh, that show up in Morrowind as well. One called Goldbrand, uh, but another one called Umbra. Oh, Umbra, yeah, yeah. And Umbra is interesting because. It shows up in Morrowind and Oblivion, and it changes from a two-handed sword to a one-handed sword. Or, yeah. Or vice versa. But, uh, and then it shows up again in two novels. In uh, The Infernal City and The Lord of Souls, a.k.a. Yeah. Iron Chef Tamriel. <laughs> they're, they're good books. I enjoyed them. The second one's better than the first. Oh, they're the crap books. <laughs> Pardon? They're, they're crap. <laughs> oh, I enjoyed them. Oh god, yeah. I couldn't even get through them. The, the the second one has a good ending, like or a good sort of. It really is the build up to the second. Yeah. But basically, Umbra is a major, <laughs> is a very important art uh, item in both those books. Uh, it is literally. Um, the object that pulls together the entire plot and uh, has it shows that it actually does have a pretty deep history. Now, to be fair, it also links that history directly with Clavicus Vile and also the way that it works would uh, presumably change exactly that how it worked in these two in Morrowind and Oblivion shouldn't have worked at all. But, uh, you know... There's the you know it, it still it still shows up outside you know uh, in in multiple things. Um, there are a couple more uh, things, a uh, couple more uh, items I just want to highlight. Uh, ones I w actually wouldn't have noticed if it wasn't for my playthrough of Battle Spire. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have realized that they that they had that special uh, you know connection, and they're all found in Morrowind. The first is called the, the Spear of Bitter Mercy. There's no spears and, in the Elder Scrolls. <laughs> more there aren't. <laughs> Something that they really should actually have is spears and uh, spears lances. Spears and staffs. And, yeah. yeah. It, 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 they, you had them in, you had spears and whatnot in uh, Morrowind. You had staves in Morrowind and Daggerfall. And I also think in, uh, in Arena. So I understand it means another animation. I still think they should bring that back. Um, but yeah, so there's the Spear of Bitter Mercy. And that showed up initially in Battlespire. Uh, your character was being hunted across this uh, this entire Oblivion realm by a wild hunt. 
that was immortal unless you actually, or the huntsman himself was immortal unless you used the spear on him. But to use the spear, first you had to kit yourself out in the armor of the Savior's hide. Um, Which is actually where that armor first shows up. And it looks great until apparently the final bit in which it just becomes a chainmail bikini. Sorry, there's a motorcycle outside. (laughs) All Um, good, all good. Another one is, of course, the gauntlets of the horny fist. <laughs> I had to bring those up, huh? <laughs> I had to bring those up because, you know, like, it show, they show up in two games. And I, I can't believe that it, it – there's no way that after one game you decide, okay, let's, let's back on the overt perviness. But let's keep this item in. Right. Which yeah. I, I thought was, was pretty funny myself because – you know, as 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 you're saying, the the transition from from Battlespire over to to Morrowind was you know uh, pretty huge. It seemed like you know there was there was quite uh, some some mature things done. Um, oh yeah, maturing <laughs> done, and then yet yet this this remains. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like no, oh, no, no. This is this is this is vital for the for the Elder Scrolls. We can't lose this. Can't this. lose. Can't lose Gauntlet of the Horny Fist. Yeah. Um, and of course, then we, uh, but then we go, uh, then, then we come to sort of what is my favorite item because, uh, it's presented in Morrowind, uh, and it's the Daedric Crescent. And if you see any, like the covers of Battlespire or any real promotional shots, you'll see it. And it's this blade, which is shaped like a crescent moon with a handle in the dead center. And you can find it in Morrowind only by... There's a mage who has a very small box hidden away somewhere in his lab that if you if you click on this box, uh, you can find an amulet. And if you wear the amulet, you're teleported to a place where you can kill this Daedric, uh, Daedra Lord and take the and then you teleport back and you've got the blade. And it says that, oh, after the uh, the events of Battle Spire, every single one of these blades was hunted down and destroyed except this one. This is this is the last Daedra Crescent in existence. What to do? Uh, it, uh, it it does some. I think it, it does a lot of damage with like fire or I, I can't remember uh, quite remember offhand just at this moment, and I forgot to write that down. But the the main point is this: is that it's shown so important at for um, for the battle spire. It doesn't actually show up in the battle spire. Really? When, when you fight your way through, you know, level after level of these Daedra who have been invading, and you, it's it's there in the opening cutscene. Like, the, the portal in is shown, and um, this seducer is actually lifting the sword after apparently pulling it from the body of one of the defenders. And there isn't a single sign of this type of weapon anywhere in the game. Huh. So it's just one of those, yeah, supp- uh, supposedly this is an extremely important item. We just forgot to mention that we don't actually... Um, it's not actually here. didn't actually put it anywhere. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, I mean, just the the games are filled with little items and whatnot like that that are just sort of... They're there, and you don't necessarily think of... Like, they're they're cool items, they have names, and they're, they're callbacks to other ones. They... You never, uh, you know, they don't get the same sort of flashing, uh, you know, 
uh, the same sort of, um, I'm sorry, uh, recognition as the Daedric artifacts do, but they really do go a, a pretty far away to to helping to flesh out the world as this continuous fantasy world with these interesting little little things to find. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's what's uh, great about continuity, of course. Um, all right. So, yeah. Excellent. That's... Now, now on to, um, I guess now on to our, our email. Um, Mike, uh, since I'm obviously incapable of <laughs> tabbing over without uh, cutting the stream... <clears throat> Uh, would you mind uh, just you know going into going into the email for us, which yep. which is going to take kind of take us back to this this whole you know is is player housing um, thoughts on player housing and and specifically in uh, Elder Scrolls? Yes. So this is from Colin B. Hey, classic hosts. I just finished listening to your segment on classic talking about Anvil and housing in the series. At E3, Bethesda showed off the crafting in Fallout Four and the ability to build your own settlements. In the Fallout games, housing has been similar to the Elder Scrolls games. You get a shack in town, or a hotel room, or a penthouse apartment, etc. With the new and innovative crafting system in Fallout, which seems to be the Hearthfire DLC on crack and all the other drugs you can think of, do you think that we will get something more in Elder Scrolls 6 than just a room to stash stuff in? or a piece of land where everything you build is predetermined. I would love to see that kind of customization in the Elder Scrolls, but I would also like to see it cross over to the other factions. I wish that in Skyrim you had more options with the various factions, especially the Blades. Options like sending people in missions, building up the defenses of Skyhaven Temple, seeking artifacts and enchantments to aid the cause. As the hero of the land, there should be more than a few adoring fans who follow you. Perhaps the option to strike out on your own, build a camp in the wild, and upgrade it to a town of its own. A town where you would have to have a water supply, send traders to the main city, forming farmland and defending it from bandits and predators. I don't think it would or should need be tied to the main story, but... It would be a cool thing to have more freedom, customization, and options when it comes to housing. More so than a room with a chest and an alchemy table. And more immersion, too. Thanks for keeping the show awesome, Colin B. Uh, well, thanks for listening, Colin. Um, you know, player housing for me is, is, uh, is a lot of fun. And I would... Um, really love the opportunity to like in, invest in in a tiny little place that that is in a favorite city of mine however um i got to say that all the um things about uh, all the the features that exist in player housing in regards to uh fallout are really kind of too much for me it's not something that I'm really going to to engage in often, um, and I don't necessarily want to see that come to Elder Scrolls. You know, I don't want the ability to um, build towns and, and settlements in in Elder Scrolls games. Um, I bought Hearthfire. I never really completed a house. 
because that's just not what I enjoy doing. Um, I'm not sure if if um, building an entire village or a town um, is is right for for Elder Scrolls. I'm not really sure about that. What do you guys think? I mean, do you think that would be out of place for Elder Scrolls? It, Obviously, Bethesda doesn't seem like it would be out of place for Fallout, and you know I sort of disagree. I think it, it's a little out of place in Fallout as well, but well, we don't know the storyline. So, Fallout really is about survival. So I can see the building of a town as an extension of that. Yeah, is you're no longer focused on personal survival. You you know you are being you are trying to you know help even more people than just yourself survive. Elder Scrolls, it really does depend on what the main plot is. I, I think that it, it's sort of like uh, every game has a theme. If for some reason the theme of the ne- of number six fits with the idea of becoming some sort of commander, I think it could work then, maybe. But if it's like the normal Elder Scrolls games... The the mission is always you know the quests and whatnot are always very personal in the games. It's, it's very much about you sending out. Like if you were the Dragonborn, having people to send out to do your quests for you, it kind of diminishes the point of being the Dragonborn. The idea is supposed to be that when it comes to what's going on, you are the only one who can help. Now, certain useless fetch quests that's different. But for a lot of stuff like artifacts and whatnot, that I kind of feel that that should be the player doing that. That's those should, those stories are interesting and they should be your stories, right? You know, not I told Nigel to go grab this and he did. <laughs> I told Nigel. <laughs> well, I I'd, I guess I'm going to be the the voice of dissent then because uh, I feel like when you complete the champions quest line or the mages guild quest line or the thieves guild quest line. That you should be able to tell Nigel, hey, get your butt out there and steal me, you know, such and such item. Because you're now in charge. And, uh, you know, the entire concept with the building of... I don't believe we should be building towns. But I believe that, like, the customization of the items that you already have. Like, you know, if you want to go into Bree's home and build a table, that you should be able to, you know, actually be able to grab kind of like the edges of the table and be like oh, like a longer table and stretch the table and so that you place a different size table or a different size bookcase or whatever the case might be into the space. I would like to be able to pick up a cup and put it down properly on a table so it doesn't bounce around like it's in space and then we can worry about stretching tables. Well, that is true too. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those statues of Debella that never stand up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're no, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm joking with you, but you know. As some in the chat room are saying, as long as it's something that I don't have to do, I'm okay with it. Which I'm going to have to, you know, <clears throat> um, say that it's that I agree with that wholeheartedly. As long as it's not something I absolutely have to engage in, I'm going to, I'll be fine with it. But, um, you know, so so in regards to, so I guess we kind of, you know, mostly agree that that when it comes to um, building building towns, you know, the the, the what we've seen. From Bethesda in regards to player housing uh, in Fallout 4 may not necessarily fit for an Elder Scrolls game. Yeah. Um, when it comes to when it comes to like the next iteration of it, though, 
Uh, I think we already established that, you know, it, we know it's important. We want it. We want it in the game. Do we want more than what we saw in Sky? Like us in general, like, you know, just the three of us. Do we want more than than what's um, than we saw in, in Skyrim? Do we want a little bit more? or And, and what would that be? What do, you, what do you think, Mike? Oh, yes. I really want more than what we saw in Skyrim. Uh, if we take a look at it from the perspective of the uh, the quest lines, okay, you're now the, the head of the Winterhold uh, College. You know, one of the things I feel that you should be able to do is start making upgrades, like fix the damn bridge. Yes. You know, <laughs> you know they talk about the Thieves Guild coming back into prominence, and all you get when you complete that quest line is the four traders that set up shop there. I feel like you should be able to upgrade aspects of the uh, the, the 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 tavern there, you know, and the Thieves Guild proper. Maybe you know, set up a guild hall in all the different cities. Yeah, you know, some type of aspect where, you know, as you become powerful, like, you get to, you know, if you're going to be leaders of these factions, that you actually get to do stuff that would show that they've returned to prominence after deterioration. And as for your own personal house, I know listening back to old episodes that we had when um, they uh, first announced the Hearthfire DLC that everybody was like, oh, we'll be able to, you know, make a, you know, a bedroom and place items where we want it. And everybody was very disappointed when it was like, okay, you, you, you know, completed the building of a bed and every room had the bed exactly in the same place. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah. yeah, I really did not like that with Hearthfire at all. I really didn't like that. Um, yeah. I know that's what Bethesda was able to do, um, but I also feel as if, you know, they, and I, I know Bethesda has like a real, uh, a real love for Minecraft. Um, and they were trying to like add some of that fun gameplay to, to their game. Um, I, I get that, but I, I just don't think it fit at all. It didn't feel right. Um. Which is probably why it's one of the lesser, one of the least popular, I'd say it's probably the least popular DLC for Skyrim and one of the least popular ones for the, for the, uh, for the series in general. Yeah. Other I mean, than the you know. horse armor debacle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, talking about Oblivion DLC, um, Jesus. the, uh, uh, the Pirate's Cove little thing that you can get under Anvil uh, once you've built that up you actually get a little crew of pirates and you can order them to go out and go basically get you know do a little bit, bit of adventuring but it's basically they go out and a week later they'll put money into a into a bank for you and so it's not really I mean I guess if they wanted to do something like that it's not that bad but it's also kind of it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like what uh, what Colin seems to be saying he wants out, wh what he would like out of this type of thing. Yeah, it's not really the most immersive thing out there. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see as like um, kind of like you know, you order, let's say you know a member of the Fighters Guild out to go and do a quest for you, you know whatever that might be, you know go kill a bear at such and such place, and if you happen to be walking in that area, that you might come across them actually fighting the bear or returning from the mission. You know, that so long as they're on that mission, they're not going to be available in the guild hall. Um, I sent you out on this two weeks ago. Yeah, this bear is really kicking my butt. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Uh, there. 
Man, this uh, this puzzle in the, in this uh, dungeon is really killing me now. I have I don't think you can get the piece to unlock that door in the dungeon. I, I I'm kind of like I sort of arrived at that scary conclusion um, a little while ago, but I really just don't want to admit it to myself. Yeah, I don't think I've ever unlocked that crazy door with that missing key. I don't know where to find I, it. I know there's this there's this big quest where you're working with like an archaeologist to go into a bunch of alien ruins, and so. This is, you know, this is probably part of that quest line. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've checked pretty much. Uh, you can see me. I'm, holy crap. Oh, <laughs> wow, that was lucky. <laughs> uh, <laughs> falling through the floor or falling up into falling, the ceiling? Falling up into the ceiling. By the way, guys, if you're like, you're playing Oblivion. Here's a quick little tip for you. If you're playing Oblivion, right, and you happen to wander onto a, um, a block that either moves up or down into the ceiling or the floor... With spikes, go into the one of the extreme corners of that that block, and you'll miss the spikes. <laughs> you'll you'll survive just by sticking to the edge. You'll be okay. So, I see a flaw in this trap. <laughs> it it and if helps. Marvin can survive the, the fall, then anybody can. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> like it, it definitely it definitely helps. That is that is for sure. Um, all right, so as I try and make my way out of this freaking alien ruin, uh, <laughs> what do we got next on the nose? I think that's it, right? Like we're yeah, we're yeah, thoughts, done, done, uh, yeah. How to get a hold of us and uh, our goodbyes are all that's left on the notes here. All uh, right, so for got ahead, uh, someone, anyone, I don't care. So what <laughs> I to say say here is uh, for those that are latecomers, because I know that uh, we started with eleven people and we're now up to a lot more. Uh, we have a special announcement. I'm just going to, you know, put it out there one more time for everybody who is a latecomer here. Yes, please. Uh, so the special announcement concerns our 50th uh, anniversary here. So uh, sometime in December, we will have our 50th episode of Classic Elder Scrolls. And as such, we are going to be doing a giveaway. And that giveaway is a custom painting uh, by yours truly uh, for the winner. So uh, you will be able to get a uh, painting uh, created for you of an Elder Scrolls landscape. Uh, and so how do we enter this? Uh, so you must be following our Twitter, subscribe to our YouTube, and you have to send us an email giving us a story uh, describing your favorite moment in a classic Elder Scrolls game that will be read on air. Uh, so don't forget the details. They're all important. Uh, the entries will be drawn at random from a hat on our 50th episode, and uh, you will then be contacted and have to provide a uh, address and uh, a name to send the painting to. So uh, so that's going to be for our 50th episode sometime in December. So it gives you time to uh, start thinking about the story that you'd like to submit. Uh, for those that aren't subscribed to our Twitters and our YouTube, you know, chance to go and do the subscription and, uh, you know, start thinking about what you'd like painting it, painted if you win. Really, really awesome. Mike, thank you. Thank you for a, uh, you know, uh, doing the painting and, and, and organizing this whole thing. And I, I really appreciate it. So this is a really cool contest. I love it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Skyrim is considered a classic that was asked by JJ gamer. Yes, so anything, yes. You know, pretty much if we play it on this, uh, on classic elder scrolls, it counts. Skyrim was an instant classic. Therefore it is a part of classic elder scrolls. 
But as I said, if you're the winner of the painting, it's a it's an Elder Scrolls uh, landscape painting. Please do not submit pictures of your cat for me to paint. Right, or your dog, or your your gerbil, or your snake. Or... <laughs> rabbits, on the other hand, are perfectly fine. Yeah, no, especially lop-eared rabbits. It's cool. Mike's <laughs> <laughs> there. Oh God. Uh, Twitch guys, Twitch. We are we are leaving Twitch. Um, we are m- making transitions. We're investigating uh, YouTube Live right now. It seems like our our wonderful chat room here on YouTube Live is is enjoying their experience. Uh, so where where can you connect with us? YouTube.com slash Quest Gaming Network slash Live. That is that is the link you're going to need in order to see any of our live streams. Um, we're in the middle of a transition, so Twitch is still active. Um, watch uh, watch our our Twitter account at Quest Gaming and at Elder Scrolls OTR for updates on on where we're streaming. Um, but please take take the um, take the Quest uh, Quest Gaming uh, YouTube live uh url and and either bookmark it or save it please subscribe to us because if you have the uh, youtube app on your mobile device if we do a stream on youtube it'll notify you immediately and you can click on that notification it brings up the youtube app on your mobile device and you're already like you're in a chat room that's that's integrated for mobile for pc it runs smooth it's great it's a lot of fun i'm loving this so I'm loving the high def that we've been able to get out of two episodes now. Yeah. You know, Oblivion looked beautiful today. No drops. Oh, yeah. No great stuff. I, I mean, have you noticed that? Like, that we haven't dropped. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we were averaging one every 30, 35 minutes in the last couple months on Twitch here. Yeah. And and I, I was watching Brian Wheeler uh, stream some PvP last night on his personal channel. And he dropped dropped three times. So, um, this looks like it's going to be a nice, solid replacement for us. Um, plus, not to mention that, yes, gameplay streams. Yes, podcasts. Streaming that like we always do. But this is YouTube, not Twitch. This opens QGN up to, to do, like, community streams that we haven't been able to do before, like um, that awkward moment when I was, you know, streaming Night of the Living Dead with Elvira last year and got the Twitch channel banned. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> that that happened. Um, yeah, we're going to be able to... We're going to be able to do that. Uh, we're going to be able to stream the VGAs in December and have a chat room here for, for, you know, QGN followers to just gather up and say like, and talk to each other, you know, in a quiet chat room and not that freaking ridiculous mess that, that, you know, there's thousands of people during the VGAs in their, in their live stream. Yeah. So, uh, again, that URL is youtube.com slash quest, quest gaming network slash live. Um, Mark, would you mind uh, helping everyone else out with the the rest of uh, connecting yeah. with us? Sure. Well, if they want to listen to us or listen to us, uh, they can do so on uh, iTunes. We're on Stitcher Radio as well. Uh, they can always find anything that we have uh, that we produced, all of our great podcasts and everything, on QuestGamingNetwork.com. 
Uh, they can, of course, as you've just said, watch us live on youtube.com slash questgamingnetwork slash live. And, oh, and if they're wondering what we are streaming at any given time, uh, if they go to the website, they can. Uh, it's possible to find our calendar there, which shows our schedule. Um, you can follow our hosts. Mike is at KDR Mickey. Uh, I am uh, at uh, at Carnegie Wolf. That's C A R N A G A N W O L F E. And you can fo- uh, follow Evarwin at Evarwin E V A R W Y N. And you can follow our t- uh, Elder Scrolls shows at Elder Scrolls O T R. And final thoughts, starting with Mike. So I really enjoyed being able to see uh, Oblivion in high def here on YouTube and uh, have had uh, quite fun uh, with this series on uh, the different regions of Oblivion. Uh, yeah, you know, um, you guys, as always, uh, did a phenomenal job bringing uh, the history of Coral and various uh, uh, fantasy objects in uh, Elder Scrolls to life today um thank you to our our chat room for for coming on in and joining us uh really digging the uh the youtube thing right now and um you know we're going to be talking about it for for quite a while to to get everyone who listens to us um and ourselves out of the habit of of talking about the the twitch channel yeah uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a long process of the transition probably about a month or two for the entire network to make the transition and, and we still got to see if all of us want to do it so so stay tuned for that um okay mark what about you this has been fun i mean <laughs> glitches and suddenly realizing you can't get to the notes aside this has been uh, you know fun episode and it, it's always great to just sort of explore around um to be honest i i know that there's nothing that how Desolate and how little uh, civilization there is around coral, but until uh, until we actually started talking about it, it didn't click to just how true that is for me. Um, but yeah, no, this this was a great uh, great show. Uh, very good email, and yeah, if anyone has any uh, any similar emails or questions or comments, feel free to send those to us because you know we love reading them and talking about them. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I have my stream on Thursday for Morrowind, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and Mike and myself and a couple of others are working on a, uh, um, a new little uh, little show for QGN in which a bunch of us are playing D&D together. Yeah, QG D&D. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, we should, uh, we're going to try to do our, it's going to be studio recorded, for, at least to begin with, and... Uh, we're going to try and uh, get that done this Tuesday. Our so. first uh, recording of it. So uh, I think we've got our characters all uh, fleshed okay. out as to how we interact and uh, the decisions we make and, uh, you know, the kind of craziness that Mark is going to throw at us. Are you guys uh, releasing you know. that as a podcast? Yeah, we can Yeah, we can strip the, the audio out of it. And, and we'll, you know, we'll, I, I, I've seen other shows do it, so I think that we should that would be a good thing to do. Um, we'll see how, how much d- dead air there is. That shouldn't be too bad. But, uh, yeah, th- I think that'll be fun. You're third level. You should be okay fighting Beholders now, right? 
Yeah, I think so. And dragons, you know, that we keep oh, yeah. avoiding. You know, where... I like I like how you guys are figuring that out now. <laughs> uh, I think that the funny thing is like uh, how we're going to bring across like all the whispers because uh, the system we use, uh, we can communicate either through talking to each other, or like uh, in the last episode or the last uh, playthrough we had. Uh, two of us were sitting at a table talk, listening to like the main non-player character, and two of us were using the chat box to indicate, oh, we went to the bar to get drinks, or you know, I've left the room to you know to sit outside and smoke a pipe, or stuff like that. So you know, uh, yeah, I'll, so, I'll try and like anything well, that gets interesting like that, I'll bring over into audio. But but uh, the yeah. it, for the stream wise, like if uh, when we put it up on YouTube, people will be able to see the chat box and the rolls and stuff like that uh, be able to actually see the dice roll on the screen which is kind of cool I thought to see all of these d20s just fly across the screen yeah <laughs> alright so, yeah. um, let's see what we can do for that let's see if we can like, I don't know release a podcast out of it I know you guys are trying to do like a video thing out of it but right now it's not a, the best time so let's let's see we might we might be we might be starting a thing here this might be a thing I'm liking no, I. So we've done some test sessions, and it's been uh, it's been really fun. Good. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, to my host, thank you so much for being here and for all the hard work today. Uh, it was a fantastic episode. To the chat room yet again, thank you so much for for being here as well on an early and lovely Sunday morning. Uh, listeners, thank you for listening, and uh, YouTube watchers, thank you for for viewing. Please. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Take care, everyone. Be safe. And as always, may the force be with you. Hold on!